Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. This is Katie. And this is Julia. And we are doing our Advent series where we're kind of gathering different family members and talking about the different weeks of Advent, hope, love, joy, peace, and what they mean as we get our hearts ready for Christmas today. We have the most amazing special guest. I know we always say they're amazing. We always say they're special. But this one, Julia, announce our guest. I mean, it's my mom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I've known her all my life. But Katie, you've known her. And all my life, too. (laughs) Why? Yeah, all your life. Um. (laughs) And I know many of you have heard me talk about Betty before. And she, if anyone's read my book, she has appeared in there as my number one mentor because Betty really was the woman who took me under her wing when I was a brand new baby Christian. And Betty just loved me and poured into me and taught me how to study the Bible not what to think, not what, you know, denomination to be or anything like that. Just, hey, here's how you actually study the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then Betty and I were stationed together four or five times and just mm-hmm. kept circling back with one another. And we know each other's kids and husbands are good friends. And um, so when I say that we have a special (laughs) guest she is special to both of us in very 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 deep ways so betty gagnon welcome thank you good to be here good to be with you guys good to see you i i love it you know what betty the last time i saw you and julia probably doesn't even know this i don't know if i told you this you were still in fredericksburg you and dennis invited me to this gala or do you remember this? And yes. it was for, um, I, is it called Birth Choice? Uh, Choices Women's Center. Choices Women's Center. It was this huge fundraising gala. And it was at the Expo Center, Julia, here oh, in Fredericksburg. So huge, huge, huge crowd. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're all fancy and formal. And um, they start the program. And this man gets up there and starts talking about like the most, I don't want to say important, but amazing person in the room. And he's going on and on about all she's done and meant (laughs) and this and that. And I expect it to be like the, the head speaker or somebody, you know, it's your mom. It's Betty. They call Betty up to the Betty's looking at me like, oh my goodness, Betty, I don't think I've ever been so like proud of somebody and, and felt so special sitting next Aww. to this amazing guest of honor. I wish you guys could see her face right now. Cause my mom is like, oh, stop. <laughs> mom is so humble and not doing things for the attention or the praise. So her demeanor right now is enough, enough. Don't um, but she is amazing and she's it was I've heard the story that she was recognized and I'm glad because she does good work for 
the Lord all the time. So and now we're going behind the scenes and quiet. And you're, and yes. you're Betty, you know, I'm not trying to be, but you know, I have to. <laughs> well, thank you for, for that, Kate. Um, just as when they called me up there, I just, that, that was just a, a real shock because, you know, the things that we do are really not about being seen. No, I just feel like the Lord sees it. So, yeah, um, it's nice. You know, I feel I felt welcomed. I feel welcome to the podcast. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah, good. we hope um, you do. <laughs> yeah, we hope it's you good. Do. You, it's in a good. sense, you've given birth to both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks for mothering us, Mom. <sighs> Spiritually and physically. My joy. <laughs> Okay, Betty, you are our our first family member to help Julia and I chat about kind of the, I don't know if you want to say the elements of Advent, but this the special concepts. And um we didn't prepare any questions for you or any any really guidance except, hey Betty, could you talk about hope? And what that kind of means to you and has meant to you through the the years of Advent. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm a kind of a give me a question girl. And so I, yeah. I said to Julia, come on, give me a few, give me a few thoughts. <laughs> so she gave me a few thoughts and I'm going to go with those thoughts and ch- try to explain about um, the the hope portion of Advent. I listened to the previous podcast. Um, you, you said her name, the last name was Dent? Was yeah, Kessid. Kessid. And she did a really great job of ex- explaining what Advent is. Um, when I look up Advent, you know, I've celebrated Advent for many years, but um, it's like this, um, a season that the church observes. And why? Yeah. Why do people do that? I mean, some churches don't even do it, but there are a little bit more, um, maybe liturgical is the word, uh, people that use a church calendar. And it's a nice reminder. I think in the Old Testament, God gave the the Israelites seasons and procedures Mm -hmm. and things to help keep them because he knows we're human. He knows we need these reminders. You know, if I don't make a list, I (laughs) I am done. Okay. Um, so, so I love how every year it comes about and, um, and, you know, with the assignment of Advent, Advent, I looked up some other, you know, church, um, ways of doing it and there, it can be an extended, um, period of time. In fact, the Celtic way of doing, um, Advent was, was it started November 15th. It's 40 days leading up to. Um, And so that Celtic period, that was Patrick's time. um, Oh, cool. Where um, they they started observing just the calendar year. um, Almost like Lent. Isn't Lent 40 days? Yes. Yes. Okay. Your previous speaker spoke of, this is a time of leaning into God and a time, they, they just thought of it was a humble, humbling time, a time of, of, of getting things right, a time of even fasting in some mm. uh, churches to prepare for his coming. 
Um, and so that preparation is um, leaning into that first week of hope. Hey friends, Julia here. Hey, did you know that She Speaks Stories has a newsletter? Yeah, we do. To subscribe to it, just head over to our website, shespeaksstories.com. We are also on socials, so you can find us on Facebook and Instagram by just searching She Speaks Stories. We post and share all kinds of fun things. So following us is a great way to stay connected and updated on all of that fun. We just love our story community, and we hope you can join in on the sharing of stories because, as you know, we say all the time, stories change lives. And so one of the first questions that Julie said, well, what does hope mean to you during the Christmas season? And I just hope Hebrews 6, 19 through 20 stood out to me. The first part of 20, it says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us. And so that hope for me at Christmas is an anchor. It's mm -hmm. just anger it's you know when the storms are coming when things happen in our life where kids get sick or we have to go to a place we're not sure of or we get sick or even in the season where people just you know there's a high suicide rate there's hopelessness mm -hmm. now in the world watch the news for a week you know yeah. Jesus is that steady anchor that keeps our boat from from going against yeah. the morning for me that's that's what this hope um, in the Christmas season means. It's it's oh it it just I can't. I mean it is it is the lights and it's the you know the the, the festive um, parties and the candles and all that kind of stuff too. It's, yeah, it's that's so fun. But it always points to me to Jesus. Well, it's um, like why would we put up decorations? We put up decorations for a birthday. It's in the name of the kid that's born. So in the right. same way, all the lights and the decorations and the fun things, the cookies and whatnot, that's the same tone of celebration for the special mm -hmm. kid, the special child that's born. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. And that's uh, something to teach our children. But yeah. I also think um, the lights and the and the, the greenery, there's um, things that point to him too. Will before she used to call them launchers. Mm. Um, I learned about William Wilberforce a lot through the Colson Fellows group, and he would he would say, "What is it? What is that commonality that help, can help us to see Jesus?" And I always think the lights are mm. just they just it's just hey, why do you think they have lights? I mean, you can ask somebody a question that regarding that, or why do they have green or why do we have a Christmas wreath? Um, those are things for me that can point to that anchor. Um, and in the Christmas season, it's just a wonderful time to do it. Um, so that's my answer to that question, Julie. <laughs> tell yeah. us a Christmas. Tell I us love the thought of that, Betty. It, the anchor of our soul. Yeah. Because our souls get so fraught with 
thoughts and fears and um, just craziness, like you said, of all the things that that come at us, come against us, things we watch, see. Um, what keeps us settled? What keeps us anchored? And I and I do love the picture of a a boat being tossed on the ocean, but with that anchor, you're you're not crashing ashore. You're not crashing on the rocks. You're you're anchored. Um, you might be tossed and turned, but you're anchored. I I like that. Yeah, I, I can't take credit. That was the author of Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good. I know. <laughs> must be inspired or something. Yeah, inspired by God. What? Inspired. <laughs> so the next thing is tell us a Christmas story about hope. So um, the the Christmas story that I think of is um, what we used to do with kids. Um, and I can't take credit for this idea either. It was a Shirley Dobson idea, I think. But um, we, we made a, um, the, a manger. Uh, my oldest daughter put together some two by fours and it was very <laughs> dense. Simple. I think that's the right word. Dense. Simple. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it, it, you know, it worked. Um, and so we, I would put it in front of the Christmas tree at the beginning of Advent and I would have a, a stack or a tin full of um, straw next to it. And each a week of Advent, we would put all our names in a, in another tin, and then we'd have to pull out a name. And you couldn't tell anybody what whose name it was. If you got your own name, we'd have to start over again. How many times? Although sometimes, do- sometimes people didn't say it, and they kept it. But then another person would get their name, and then they'd go, "Oh, I got my name." And if you looked around, you knew someone else had gotten their own name but didn't want to play. So, just in confession, mom. <laughs> There were times. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we're in, so in other words, the delivery uh, got a little complicated. However, okay. yeah. but another thing that would happen is in very well, well. Let me finish what the instructions were. So you get the name, and then you had to during that week do something for that person, or help that person, or do a chore, do something. But without them knowing, it had to be an unseen act. Um, and invariably the two kids that were at each other's heads all the time would get their names in subsequent weeks. So it was like the Lord was going, you need to work on that relationship. <laughs> and sometimes it was, it was towards me. each. Oh, yeah. Or it was, was me. Say- Remember that child that was driving me crazy. That's the one I had. You know. Or you would get each other. Like if you were having, like, I would have issues with a brother, he would get me and I would get him. So then the whole week we were just like loving on each other. And you were like, oh, I got to go make his bed. Well, I got to put straw in the manger. So I guess I'm gonna. But what? I don't get how the straw came in. So after you did that act, you put straw into the manger. One piece. So yes, a piece. One piece. Yeah. I, I mean, Julia, honestly, I would put a few clumps sometimes because I was mother. <laughs> I had to make it soft for the baby. <laughs> so on Christmas Eve, ideally, that manger was full of hay. 
and then on Christmas morning, the baby, a little dolly would be placed and we would say, this is what it's all about. You know, it's not the toys. It's not the, the gifts under the tree. It's, it's about him. It points to him. So uh, they could be um, seeing what that hope was, that it was more than, you know, the stuff. Um, it, um, it definitely made the Christmas season like a little softer too, because there's a lot of, you get the gimmies. I mean, we would, this is the, um, back in the day where the Christmas catalog would come in the mail and you wanted to circle all your desires and it was pages and pages of toys and oh, I want this and I want this, and I want this. So growing up with this, it was a nice like neutralizer or like it watered down some of that gotta have-ness because the day was filled with this game. And, you know, in our competitiveness, we wanted to put in as many straws as we could. So it was like, not just can we put it in for Jesus, but, you know, can I make it 30 straws? That'd be great. Um, Look at how many straws I put in. Exactly, exactly. So um, I think that was part of it too, where it was like, okay, we want to have this time, but we also want to um, shift out of the, I want all these presents. And then like we put it right in front of the trees, like mom was saying. So even though you saw the presents, there was that manger reminder Christmas morning that was like, okay, oh, remember all that goodness, all that like fun the, the beds that were, I say beds that were made, that was a very popular choice because it was an easy one because I remember we started and the the guys were little, you know, they were just little toddlers. Yeah. It was like yeah. pushing in your chair or putting your plate away or, you know, like little tiny tasks that they would do. Um, I found all the socks in my drawer folded one time because I hate to fold socks. So some little grubby kid went into my drawer and just folded all my socks up. <laughs> <laughs> little grubby kid. Yeah, you, you your brothers are probably going to be listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> One of them will text me and go, I was that grubby kid. <laughs> I did it. Oh, I did it. <laughs> I would prefer better adjectives when you do. <laughs> but I like the idea of, the, and not to get too cheesy on it, but he came to to mend relationships and to bring a a deep love for God and then the actual ability to love others. So to have a, a game kind of, I mean, if you want to call it a game or an activity that, that just stirs that hope that relationships can always be deeper, sweeter, more self-sacrificing, um, even between grubby little kids <laughs> Siblings, yeah. Yeah. and their beautiful blonde older sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Betty, I love that. That's it. So the, the hope there uh, also was um, significant in, in unseen things. That was another significant thing. I, I heard from the previous podcast that she said, hope is for something that's unseen. It's, mm -hmm. it's a realm. It's, it's a faith thing. Um, and, and this hope in the Advent season, since we're talking about hope, is the hope of his coming, his coming, the baby Jesus, right? That was the picture of the baby Jesus. But also, we remind the kids, it's the hope of his return. Yes. It's this longing. It's this waiting period. 
um, I, I love how she, she was talking about that. You know, it's, it's an aching, it's a hope from the Genesis passage where Eve thought it was her. Um, right. Are we hoping for that to come? Not just the toys under the tree um, or even his return so we can be in heaven and be away from this place, you know, that kind right. of thing. It, right. it, is, it is him. And the yeah. focus is the hope of him, not what he can do for me, but what he can do through me. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that was my story. Um, and then the last thing that Julia asked was, well, why is hope part of Christmas? And so I have to bore you with something I wrote. It's I, not going to be boring. It's going to be good. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when I, when I write things, I can articulate better. Yeah, so um, I look at the world right now and I see a lot of hopelessness. As a believer, I know what sin looks like and I think others do too. It's ugly. It's painful. And many times it's unavoidably and it affects us. But I relate to hope in Christmas um, in that I can hear and know that number one, there is a God. There is a God. I don't know who's listening out there, but there is a God. And he loves us and longs to restore our relationship with him, just like those little kids doing tasks for each other in the, the, the major story I told you about. Um, his, uh, he wants to restore that relationship with him and others. He wants our stories to intersect with his. Number two, that we're all sinners. And we need help. We are hopeless. We are hopeless. But God, number three, but God, who knows our stories and manifests himself through the prophets of thousands of years ago, what they foretold, and then through Jesus Christ, who came, that we celebrate Christmas. And that number four, he's calling us to hope of restoring each heart to know him as we wait for his return. So his hope is seen in answered prayer, in the presence of his spirit, as we heard from the lives of those through this podcast. The glimpses of his beauty in each person, but especially now seen in the lights and the mangers and the children's faces and the advent candles. That hope for me is Jesus, the anchor of my soul. Love that. I just so good. It's so good. I love that because I love all the twinkle lights. If you could see the background, listeners, I have started decorating for Christmas. And I love it. I love the twinkle lights. I love the bright. I love the happy and the merry and the cheer. And sometimes I think that makes it like it's shallow because it's not, but when you give it the meaning behind it all, that's the true joy that comes. It's the twinkle lights and the greenery and all the meaning that, why did we even start decorating with greenery? Why did we even start the twinkle lights? And if you look at the history of those elements, it all goes straight back to Jesus. So we're allowed to enjoy those parts even more because of the meaning behind that. So. Thanks for giving that depth, mom. Very, very beautiful. And 
listeners, I we don't know obviously what you're experiencing this Christmas season and what kind of ache you have in your own soul for hope. I um but hopefully 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 I'm <laughs> chatting about hope. <laughs> Has, has just given you some comfort and some things to think about and ponder when it comes to God. Um, I know I just came through a really weird couple of weeks where I got a very odd illness and had to be rushed to the ER and stuff like that. But I honestly, at one point... <laughs> And I and I'm a dramatic human being. I know that, but at one point I was laying on the garage floor, and I had never passed out before, so it was a very weird feeling when I came to. And I literally said, "Is this what it feels like when a soul departs a body? Is my soul leaving?" Yeah, yeah. and it was very. Um, very odd. Now the EMTs got there right away and rushed me away. And obviously I did not get hurt. <laughs> no, you're here. But then just weird sickness and mental heaviness. And I had to be on all these drugs and stuff like that. My point is, okay, all that's happening. And then we're talking about Advent and Julie and I mm -hmm. are trying to get you know, excited about hope and love and joy and peace. And we knew Betty was going to be talking about hope right up front. And the idea of him being our hope, no matter what, our anchor, our reason for everything. If there were no lights, if there were no presence, if there was no clarity of thought, if there was no health, if there was no uh, family unity, if there was no presence, would there still be the ability for joy and laughter because of that hope? And yeah. I keep saying, Lord, you are with me. And and Betty, I love that you started your, your list with, there is a God, he is real. And I just kept saying, God, um, you are with me. You are for me. You know everything. You are sovereign. And this will play out in your hands. So my own ability to think about what Kess had said a couple weeks ago when she was talking about Advent and we ache for things to be set right here on earth. We ache for our circumstances to be lined up the way we want them to. We want to be healthy. We want our families to be whole. We want everyone to stop sinning and just love Jesus and be nice and right. And and we want our finances to line up. We want we just ache for so much to be set right. But I guess my point, I I I know I'm rambling a little bit here, yeah. but the idea of hope hanging on to that anchor that in this world, everything is not going to be perfectly right, mm -hmm. but he is 
perfectly right. And he is with us and for us and loves us. And, um, and that's our hope. And isn't that a great way to start this Advent season? Like without hope, could joy and peace and love follow? We need to start off with that mindset that, okay, it's coming. Otherwise, where's the joy? Where's the peace? Those things are built off of that starter of hope. So I love the order of the candles, how it starts us off with, okay, let's just focus in on that Hebrews verse and remember why and what it is all about. Anchor our Christmas season in that hope to start and then watch it just like with the other weeks. And and the very fact that it's it's the word. You know, Kate, in your emergency situation, I, I when you were speaking about that, I was thinking of um, uh, when I went to, out to visit Dennis, it was on deployment one time, and a bunch of other wives and myself went to France. And they had a strike, and we had to wait in the airport for hours and hours, and I didn't know it, but I was hypoglycemic, and I was drinking the tiny little coffees, and and the, all they offered were brownies. Okay, so I had caffeine, and then all of a sudden, I crashed. And I got on this crowded little airplane and I was just having a hypoglycemic moment where I thought I was done. I was done. I was, I was what you were saying, Kate, just thinking, where, where is it? Where am I going, Lord? Am I, am I going home? And just, I was just, I was singing hymns. I, all I could do was sing. <laughs> and the man next to me was like, wow, where is this girl? What is <laughs> happening? but I was singing him but where where does that come from that's not Betty coming up with oh I can think about you know making myself better or holding on to an anchor that comes from years of the word speaking to me and if that's not where you're feel you know things that are that's how you can hold on to that hope that's how you can move on to the joy and the love and the the other um, um adjectives that you were yeah 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 that, and that's a good application because there isn't an actual anchor spoiler you're not reaching for a physical actual anchor it's an element that is an anchor figuratively speaking we're holding on to an anchor not actually so often when I hear people talk about that, I'm like, how, what, so what does that mean? What do I actually do? So good application, go to the word, fill yourself with that hope that is in the Bible and in hymns and in other ways of worship. And so that when that crisis hits, when you're on the garage floor or in an airplane with your blood going bananas, that can come back to you because you may not have the strength at that point to know even what to do, know how to have hope. Um, but if you built that in through the years, um, you can't. So thank you for that, mom. Good application. I'm always yeah. like, okay, so what? So show me how. What do I do? What do I actually do? <laughs> centering, centering ourselves, centering our souls in truth versus circumstances that can be interpreted in a myriad of ways. But the truth is the truth, and we find it in the word. And um, yeah, and and then we're celebrating the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, Betty, thank you so much for just chatting with us 
about hope and sharing a couple stories. And we love the Gagnon family. And we love all you listeners. Thanks yeah. for listening. So fun. Love you. Love you. Bye.